uh, our budgets are covered, ministry continues, and missionaries are, are, are uh, supported and prayed for, and God is, God is good. Uh, do you want to say anything, Tim? Extra? Vicky's still in the hospital? Doing much better this morning. And uh, Chuck's in the hospital as we speak, and Janet's in the hospital as we speak. Janet, I'll get this right, doll. Because I think some people ran to the hospital to find Janet Bronchi, and Janet wasn't there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right there. <laughs> There's too many Janets in this place, right? Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Um, you had an earthly mother, and uh, she was a young lady who said yes to God the Father. And she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be as you speak. Lord, uh, Mary had some questions. Along with the questions, I would maybe even say doubts, but over it all, I, I love the story. Nothing is impossible with God. So Lord, as uh, your church, this is your church, Nothing's impossible because you're at the very center. No matter how large the mountain is today, you're bigger. No matter how large the pain is, that your grace is sufficient for us. No matter how large the financial need is, Lord, uh, you own everything. And so, Lord, that we would give joyfully this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So Pam's mom's here, and then Pam has, was watching kids, so thank you for sharing your, your, you know, your daughter's an amazing lady, and I've known her for a lot of years, and she's a lover of uh, young people, uh, she'll, her and Terry will end up at the hospitals, visiting people, uh, today she's watching Chase, uh, thank you, mom, for, uh, you have an amazing daughter, right? You should be. And I know that she was really excited for you to be here today. So I know there you sit. Terry will be back and keep you company. I'm not sure what type of company, but company. <laughs> Amen. I enjoy uh, getting to know people. Do you enjoy getting to know people? You begin to see their strengths. and you get. You, are you ever amazed with one another? I mean, sometimes we're, we're annoyed, but not really, because as you see through God's eyes, you see the beauty that God has placed there. And, uh, you know, people have asked me, you know, how, how are you working with young people so long? Somehow God has given me his eyes for young people. I see beauty in them. Uh, I see beauty in even, I see beauty in brokenness. Somehow God looks at us, and uh, his beauty and grace is always greater than our brokenness. And, and, and so... There, there are people here with a broken heart, but God's grace and God's beauty is greater. And today, if you could leave with anything, realize no matter what you're carrying, that, that, and if it's, if it's physical pain or emotional pain, that he's, God says that, that, that he, is, he is more than enough. He is sufficient. So Lord, we bless the reading of your word today. Thank you, Lord. I know uh, Sandy across the way says, Pastor Guy, I need more time. People sitting here says, 
No, we don't need more time. We just need, we need good words. But Lord, ultimately it comes back to just having our heart open so we can see truth through your eyes. Lord, uh, as a pastor, I'm not pushing my agenda. Uh, I'm not pushing just a church, Lord, but we want to see life through the eyes of God, the eyes of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we declared that relationships are, are important to God. Uh, our relationship with God is very important. Our relationship to others is important. And so uh, I did a little quiz, and some of you looked at me with kind of a puzzled look last week when I said, okay, how many commandments? And everybody got that right. There's 10 commandments in the Old Testament. Then I asked, how many of the 10 commandments deal with what we call that, that vertical relationship? And I saw some of you counting, like, 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 you shall have no other God before me, one. Uh, that you shall not make for yourself an idol, two. That you shall ha- not misuse the name of the Lord, three. I came close to misusing the Lord's name. I don't know where it came from. It was just a silly thing that happened, and it kind of, like, Lord, that was pretty close. And that's not my nature. Uh, I do other things wrong, but like misuse God's name. I was taught real young that, man, that, when I, I got soap in my mouth. Okay? I was taught young. Who else ever got soap in your mouth? Nowadays, you're probably thrown in jail for it. But, but man, my parents taught me that you honor God's name. And this week, it, like, wow. I think what happened, I was kind of had like a t- chicken tetrazzini. And I was moving it over to my plate, and it went in my cup. I'm th- and, but something came out that I said, Lord, I don't ever want to. So right there. Now, did I or not? I was, I, my heart was sad because I said, man, I, where did that come from, Lord? I never want to misuse your name. I want to I have this relationship with you that I learn to honor you in everything, that I use your name correctly. Lord, that I have no other God before you. Lord, that I honor the Sabbath and I put you first and I start my week with you. So there's four, four commandments in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments that deal with that relationship. And then I said, well, how many, how many deal with a horizontal relationship? Six. He's got it. So he listened last week. So this is a little bit of a, of a, of a uh, kind of a, a, a rewind. So relationships are, are vital. Relationships are really important to God. A week or two when we were talking about teamwork, the Bible declared that it's not good for man to be alone. So Genesis 3, Genesis 2, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, God has created us to be in relationship with him, and God's created us to be in a relationship with each other. And I shared that a little bit on the cross, that kind of both directions of the cross declare what's important to God. Along with that is forgiveness, and mercy, and justification, and redemption, and and he has paid our debt. But it's neat how a cross can talk so much about how we should live. Uh, they came to Jesus and said, this is Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 and 30, uh, through 39. It says, teacher, what is the great, greatest commandment in the law? And I think anyone who's been around uh, 
kind of relationship with God, this is like a key verse. So Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God. Relationship. Love the Lord your God. Didn't say serve or go to church. Those things are all part of it. But love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is to love your, you guys should all know this, your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love your neighbor. Relationships are important to God. How we treat others is important to God. Who is first in our life is important to him. Because of sin, our relationship with God is broken. So it starts off with like, so what did he do about it? Uh, And I had Preston last week read this verse. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, we have been justified by his blood. Verse 9, we have been saved from God's wrath. Verse 9, we were God's enemies, but now we have been reconciled to him through the death of his son. So he began to make a way where there was no way. He began to put hope. He began to kind of draw and say, I'm going to initiate this relationship with you because it's been broken. It's been broken over and over and over again. So he sent his son. He, Jesus took our place. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He wanted to restore what? The, our relationship. Amen. He wants to restore our relationship. And as God restores our relationship, then it, it should affect our relationship horizontally. And so that's was kind of the heart of uh, last week's message. And so I love the question of, so, so how, do I, how do I understand the vertical so that the horizontal would, would, would affect not just my Sunday morning at 1030 time, but how can my relationship with God affect my 24-7 time? in your home, and at work, and in your neighborhood, and, and even the thoughts that fly through your mind. Like, wow. Sometimes you ever kind of like, like, where did that come from? And, and I think the longer you kind of walk with the Lord, uh, but the, those, there's still those things that go flying through your mind. You're going like, I haven't thought that thought for 10 years. Uh, have you ever been there? Now, if you're only 12, you may not say that, but if you're but it's like, wow, Satan hasn't used that one in a long time. What does he think I am, stupid? I mean, I've heard that, and I've stood against it by the name of the Lord, and I've gone to Scripture and realized those things are a lie, and I'm going to stand on the truth. Because if we can't be worthy of God's love, then it's really hard to love others. So we align on that vertical relationship and that he is madly in love with us, that his fingerprints are all over us, that he begins to put spiritual DNA in your heart because it says, behold, the old have passed away and behold, you are a new man in Christ Jesus our Lord, which means he begins to rewrite the way we think. He begins to rewrite the way we respond to people because the old has gone away and behold, that new man is growing. I love the new man growing in my heart. 
Sometimes there's a battle. You ever feel a battle between the old and the new? That's what happens when we drop tetrazine into your cup. It's like, dang, I was going to like, put my milk in that cup. And now it's like, okay, Lord, I don't know what just happened. Thank you for this food. And I thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. And, and Lord, I don't want to ever think that thought again. A new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. That's a verse that goes horizontal, vertical. Just like it's, it can be no clearer. You can't say, I hate my brother and say you love God. And 1 John declares that. He says, you can't say that. Uh, you can say, I struggle with my brother, or I don't understand my brother, and sometimes I want to hit my brother. Well, I'm not talking about my brother, brother, my earthly brother, Kirk and I. We used to wrestle all the time, but we had the love of God in us. It's a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How will they know that we're Christ's followers if we love one another. In some ways, because, because what Jesus did was so radical, this is like, this is like in Scripture, and it's, I'm going to say it's instant. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You just receive it. This takes a lot of work. You ever been there? I mean, so we understand God's love and God's forgiveness and God's redemption. So it says, if I understand that, then I need to practice this with my family and with my, with my, my co-workers. And Lord, because you are so powerful here, let it affect this. And that's when it starts getting exciting. Have you ever surprised yourself in a good way? Like, wow, where'd that come from? Like, that was really good. And you say, because that came from God. That came from the vertical uh, relationship of forgiveness and love and redemption. That's the new man. You ever surprised yourself in a good way? Like, wow, that, I like that. So I think if we recognize that sometimes we surprise ourselves in a bad way, but it's really fun to say, well, I don't know where that came from, Lord, but that was really nice. That must be the Holy Spirit growing in me, the way I was patient with my son. I got in a lot of trouble one time with my dad. A lot of trouble. Who's ever been in a lot of trouble with your dad before or your parents? I mean, a lot of trouble. And my dad was a Marine, and my dad was a cop, and he knew all the fancy surrender holds. And he, and, you know, we always wrestle with them, and we yell, illegal. He grabbed that little thumb, and I don't know what cops do with your thumbs, but it was, you know, we'd be like, surrender, and we're in high school, and we're still yelling, surrender, uh, crazy, crazy, how God is just so, thank you, Lord, that we can have that, that, that love on that horizontal, because you love us in such an, an amazing way. So all week, kind of thinking, thinking through that. Corey and I have been around for a long time together, uh, just friendship-wise. And he goes, man, God, I'm sure I've heard you talk that way before. I'm like, where did that come from? And I said, I know, one, of my, one of my mantras is that ministry flows through relationships. I know God can do something with a stranger. But I'm going to say that 95% of ministry that I'm involved in comes through relationship. Uh, kind of doing life together. Would you agree, Eddie? 
I mean, you, you meet some people, and it's like they can just get up and speak, and the whole room gets saved. Uh, amen. That's the power of God's word. But a lot of times, it has to do with being in relationship with one another. And it doesn't, doesn't just go one way. It goes both ways. So the Corsos and I have been friends and with Christine for a long time. And the relationship of, of grace and mercy, back and forth, back and forth. Ministry flows through relationships. I walk through Lewis Middle School, and normally I stick my head into Paul's office, and he's got a little monster in his office, and he's trying to counsel him. And I'm praying, Lord, help, because Paul's a lover of students. And there you, you, you just, you have a lot of different kids coming through your office, right? Yep. Amen. And so, again, that, that, that sense of, of relationship, even at school. My best coaches didn't wear an NFL, uh, like, Super Bowl ring. My best coaches knew about football, but they cared about me more than anything. They didn't even care about my performance. They wanted me to perform. They wanted me to catch passes. They wanted to make sure I put my head in the right side when I blocked. But they cared about me. They, they cared about relationships. Think about your favorite teachers. They're, they usually care about you, huh, Natalie? Amen? And, they, and that's the way our, our God is that relationship. And, and it's, it's horizontal and vertical. So last week, and I, I don't apologize for reviewing some of this because it's so important that, that this becomes our, our, our passion, that, that Matthew 5, verses 23 and 24 uh, it's, it's, it's kind of part of the Sermon on the Mount, and it says, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar. Now, I love that picture of even today as we came forward, or you made an altar at your seat. You're, you're taking that moment to have that, that vertical time with the Lord. And it's a picture of, 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 of one bringing their gift to the altar. And then you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. So now you're up here doing this part with God, and all of a sudden you're at the altar, and I'm going to say, you remember. So maybe you remember, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit reminds you. Sometimes you just remember that, you know what, I'm, I'm getting my thing, my relationship with the Lord, but now I, I, I have this odd in my heart. I have, I, have, I have this grudge in my heart. I, I, have, I have wounded someone else. I've lied. I've, I've maybe gossiped. It, it says, you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave the gift there in front of the altar. So when you leave something, you intend to come back. So it's not like don't come back until you get it right. Leave it Leave your gift there in front of the altar. Go, first go and be reconciled to them. So take care of the horizontal the best you can in love. It takes two to really bring healing. Sometimes we go and they don't receive it. It's just you go. And you go in the, in the name of the Lord. And you go in love and you go in humility. And you go in, in, in a sense, sorrow. And you do your best to say, I'm sorry. And you do your best uh, to restore that relationship. Says once you've done that, then come back and offer your gift. Ministry flows from relationships. Think about how many of the holidays are have to do with relationships. So even in our culture, so birthdays have to do with what? 
So my mom forgets to call me because she has Parkinson's. So I call her and say, thanks, mom, for having me. I bet I was a big pain. She says, is it your birthday? Oh, yeah, and I'm calling you to thank you, mom, for being, the, you know, for, I have a birthday because you. And so something happens. In the many, many years she would call me and say, happy birthday, guy. But now I, gotta, I have to call her. Uh, it has to do with what? Relationship. Mother's Day. Relationships. Christmas. Kind of has to do more with that. that kind of the vertical relationship, right? I mean, if we really know what Christmas is, it's about that relationship. Anniversaries. That's a big deal, right? If you don't think it's a big deal, miss one. It's a big deal. <laughs> It's a big deal. You make sure, because it has to do with, like, you honor that relationship. Easter has to do with relationship. This is one verse that uh, I didn't get to last week. And I really, because I don't know if I fully, completely understand this verse, but it's a real famous verse. It's part of what we call the Lord's Prayer. And as a church, we've been asking the question, what does prayer look like? And my phone has never stopped ringing because everybody knows we're praying. So everybody wants to let us pray for them. I never thought that prayer would, res- one of the results would be unity. Silly me. Because the more we pray and really truly care for one another, the more people are calling. Has, that, has your phone been ringing a little bit more? about this need, about that need, because they know that somebody is praying to God. Amen. And they're not just saying we're going to pray, but we're going to pray. And we've been circling and double circling and fasting and, and saying, Lord, this is really, really important. So the disciples came in Matthew chapter 6. And they said, how should we pray? Now look, let's look at the horizontal and vertical. As you look at this scripture, very famous, most of you could quote it, Look at what it says about your horizontal and your vertical relationships. Our Father in heaven. This is out of NIV. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debtors. As we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. A lot of us stop there. Verse 14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So now we're saying, Woo, we're at the altar, and we we have something wrong with a brother... The Word of God says we need to leave the presence of God, in a a sense, the altar, and go reconcile. And this verse says that if, as God has forgiven us, we need to forgive others. And if we don't forgive others, somehow it affects how God forgives us. Wow. Now, I can't say I've never heard a preacher talk that way before. Of course, God can forgive us. He's God. But he's saying, relationships are really important. And if you think that all you're going to get is blessings from me, and you're not walking that out in your everyday life, I can't bless you. Because you need to, to practice. I'll read it to you again. Forgiveness is practicing. 
It's over and over again saying, Lord. Remember, Peter said, so how many times do I forgive him? Seven times? Way to go, Peter. No, he says, seven, 470 times. A lot of times, Peter, you just keep forgiving because you're going to forgive as I have forgiven. And as you forgive, there's this horizontal and vertical relationships, and both are important to me. No, God, my revelation, I'm just really private. It's just me and you, God. That's it. And I have a word in Scripture. It says, they'll know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So somehow the vertical is initiated by Jesus Christ and dying on the cross because he loved us. And then we need to practice that love because he, had, he forgave us that we need to forgive others. It's like, like, Pastor God, we know all this. We've heard this all our life. Then live it. Because when I try to live it, then I need to get on my knees. To know it, I can shake my head. I got it. I got it. But to live this, oh, I better get on my knees because it's really hard to live. And then all of a sudden, as these commands are given, he says, but you can't do it yourself anyway because you need the Holy Spirit. So now don't, don't try to practice this by yourself. Wait for the, 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 the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower you to love and to forgive. There's other gifts that we talk about, the ability to teach, the, the ability to organize, the, bit, the ability to counsel, the ability to prophesy. Those are all gifts of the Spirit. But again, it says, Lord, uh, I need your Spirit in all those areas. Uh, the, f- the, the fruits of the Spirit are what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Okay, relationship, the the the, the fruit, the gifts of Spirit have to do a lot of times kind of like with corporate ministry. And it says they're both yours in Christ Jesus. But one is a result of your surrender and your, your hunger to kind of see things through God's eyes. I got a really cute note from one of you that talked about my length of my sermon, so I'm working on that. You want to hear the cute, want to hear the cute joke? Talk about a preacher that all only preached for 20 minutes. It was a cute little note. It wasn't. It was just cute. I, I loved it. And one day he preached for 40. And his parishioner said, so why did you preach 40 minutes instead of 20? You're a 20-minute preacher. He says, here's my secret. I put a little, like, cough drop under my tongue. And when it's gone, I'm done. He said, that morning, it was more like a rivet from, my, from like, a, like a button. It was under my tongue. So I just kept preaching. So when he went in his pocket, he grabbed instead of the little lozenger, he grabbed a little rivet, and he just kept preaching because he thought he had plenty of time. So I'm not going to tell you who sent it was. It was, okay, Lord, 20 minutes, huh? Is that what you're saying? But it was a cute story. I wasn't offended. Uh, I'm still learning. Chad's up there laughing. Well, it's been 20 minutes, Pastor Guy. So, so Jesus died on the cross, okay? He rose again. He was ready to send his Holy Spirit. But there was, his followers were messed up. Thomas was doubting. Peter was out fishing. He could have said, you know what? The Holy Spirit will take care of that. I'm going to go be with the Father. Uh, He could have said, you know, the blood of Jesus can take care of that problem. Doubting Thomas will grow mature. Peter will, 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 will get past, with my help, get past his denial But somewhere, he, Jesus, took, like, action. And he found Thomas. He said, Thomas, come feel the holes in my hand. 
I don't want you, I don't, I don't, I don't want our relationship to be broken. So Thomas, come feel the, the spear side, the spear hole in my side. He restored Thomas. He cared enough to kind of go out of his way to do the horizontal, right? Peter, <laughs> Peter was out fishing. Any fishermen in the house? So I did, I did a hard funeral this week. It was a 25-year-old, and his favorite thing in life was fishing. And his Bible had all the fishing marks in yellow. And uh, the, the neat part was that uh, the heart of Jesus was to restore Peter. And he met Peter right in his, kind of right where he was. Peter had denied him three times. Uh, Peter had kind of, kind of broke his promises. I'll never deny you. That will never happen. That's what he was saying, right, at the Last Supper. And there he was, not hours later, uh, just denying Jesus. And he, Jesus goes out on the, you guys know the story, right? He's out on the lake, and he's got the fire going. He's got the bread. He's got the fish ready, and he calls Peter to the shore. He called all the disciples to the shore. And what did Peter do? He could hardly wait to get to Jesus because that relationship was a little broken. So what did Peter do? Jumped out of the boat. What else would Peter do? He's, he's the one who walked on water. He's the one who cut off the ear of the soldier. Uh, he, he was the one that said, I'll never. And Peter's heart was needed mending. And Jesus cared enough to mend his heart and to restore Peter back to his call. Peter, do you love me? You bet I love you. Go feed my sheep. Do you truly love me? This is all John chapter 21. It's a great story of uh, reconciliation. Peter had a relationship with God, but he had kind of stumbled along the way. And Jesus, before he left, wanted to make sure it was okay. Amen? That's the type of God that I serve. I often feel like the doubter. I often feel like the denier. And somehow in my quiet time through scriptures, uh, I, I see the Lord. He's already taken care of the big stuff. He already took care of It's finished. It's my, the job is done. My blood has been shed for you. Amen. What about the little daily messes I make? Well, of course, they're done too, but I'm going to spend time, just like I did with, with Thomas and Peter, to restore you so that you can go in my name and live with the help of the Holy Spirit. So relationships are really, really important. The Gospels are full of relationships. The sinners come to Jesus. The lame come to Jesus. Never once the scripture did say, and he was too busy. He took time to share about both the vertical love and then he practiced it. Lord, help us be ones that understand the gift of God and the forgiveness of God. And Lord, let, let us practice that. There's a lot of people in this, in this church that do that already. And we want to just multiply that. And we want to just, we, it's not for our glory, but it's for his glory. Amen?
Thank you, Lord. Just bow with me. Lord, I've said enough. So, Lord, I just ask that you would speak your love and your truth into our life. Or does that mean we call somebody this afternoon and we reconcile? Does that mean we forgive someone that doesn't deserve forgiveness? What does it mean, Lord, to, to kind of walk out your love? How many times do we forgive, Lord? And we don't forgive because they deserve it. We forgive because you have forgiven first. And when we forgive, Lord, it doesn't mean that we're best friends. It just means that we don't carry that around anymore. And if friendship is restored, wonderful. But Lord, forgiveness, trust is earned. Forgiveness is given in the name of the Lord. Lord, you've earned my trust and my love. Every time I turn the corner, you're calling me to the shore. And you're having a little talk with me. Every time I open your word, I see you uh, taking care of the broken heart that we all have. Thank you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I am going to have the worship team come up. And we're going to just close in a song together. And uh, we can stand together.